Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I am Kelly. You are? Yeah, I know. Can you believe it? Uh, no, no, no. Well? No. Well, believe it. You know what they say, Kelly. Uh, they do say that. I just the, want... Um, you said that like they could, the audience could hear what we did. Well, I just want everybody to know that we're in a Google meeting right now, and there's a feature where you can raise your hand, and somebody, <laughs> when they joined the call earlier this evening, was repeatedly raising their hand. I'm not naming names, but it is someone on this podcast who is speaking right now, and Andrew just raised his hand. Can you believe that? The audacity... When you oh that's what you're recording on, no it's not. What am I am I blowing up your spot by saying what program you record your audio in? Yeah, no free promo. Okay, Kelly records in uh, Windows Movie Maker. That's true. Don't they? It's probably an option. Isn't Windows Movie Maker like discontinued? Isn't it called something else now? Probably. Like cl- I have I'm a professional editor, so I have Premiere. Windows Movie Maker. Yeah, it was the reason that oh, Kelly laughed, but you couldn't hear it. But every time you raise your hand, it goes, boom, and then a little <laughs> hand appears by the name. Um, and then if you talk while your hand is raised, Google's like, hey, hey, you're talking, but your hand's raised. You should probably put your hand down. Yeah, it's really like extreme. Like it's really micromanagey. And there's a button to be like, no, keep it up. Yeah. Keep my hand up. I, I still have something up. to say. People need to know how I'm speaking. <laughs> my hand needs to stay up while I talk. Yeah. It's that serious. Uh, Should we hop into uh, I feel like we should warn people. This yeah. is not a fun week. There's this been a lot of a bad news week. this week, just to preface um, this episode. So, uh, unfortunately, we don't have anything like super fun to report on. Um, hopefully, this... I don't even want to say it because I feel like when we said it last time, it got worse. But I'm. It just keeps getting worse. Yeah. But I'm going to say this without, um, th- you know, I-, I just hope that this is the last of it. But um, uh, to give some context, our first story is all about um, Microsoft, who has laid off over 1,900 employees that's 1900 employees um across xbox activision activision blizzard so that's almost 2000 people who no longer have a job at one of the biggest studios um companies groups whatever you want to call them uh this happened late last week um mm-hmm. Yeah, it happened on Thursday is when they announced it. Uh, so really, really not great. As a sidebar, Microsoft stock is up $40. Yeah. You know. So the the no money argument does not hold water. Yeah. It, it's really. I don't know. I, layoffs have just been like pummeling the industry right now i don't know what's going on because as we've pointed out uh video game companies are making more money than ever before 
last year was a very successful year uh, for video game companies. Um, partially, I think, because they are laying off all these people. I do think that this these layoffs were probably, you know, because... Xbox acquired Activision Blizzard. There was probably a lot of overlapping roles, um, roles that existed in both companies when they were individual companies. So not saying that that's like an excuse or anything, but that might be part of the reason why there are so many. Um, but yeah, that's I, it's I could see some of it, but like the thing for me is that Part of the acquisition was a promise that they were going to basically let Activision run independently, you know, like under Microsoft's umbrella, but still doing what it was doing before, continuing down its path, kind of like it does with all its other major studio acquisitions. But obviously that's that's false. 1900 employees laid off immediately. And I mean, it is immediate. They just finished the acquisition in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. I just don't think that's. I think they were being dishonest when they said that. I don't think that that was a truthful statement to say that, you know, we're going to maintain independent. The studio is going to maintain like full independence. I think that that was them being dishonest. Absolutely. I don't. I mean, it's it's frustrating and it's sad. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't get better, folks. Uh, Another bit of news from the. Microsoft umbrella. Johanna Fieris, who you probably don't know the name of, but she is a major player over at Activision, has now been assigned as the new president of Blizzard. Um, This might not sound like a big deal, but it is pretty well documented within Blizzard that Blizzard is trying to run the show um, in a way that makes their employees and creatives happy. And Activision has been pretty persistent about not letting that happen. Um, and now their new president is an Activision person. You know, a major player from Activision has pivoted over to be the president of Blizzard. Um, I don't think that this is pro- this probably does not surprise anybody hearing this news, but it's disappointing again because you know Blizzard has so much creativity in it, and I mean Blizzard sucks in a lot of ways, but I do think that that's partially the Activision overlords at play. Um, and this also comes right on the tails of Blizzard canceling that uh, survival game they were working on for years. And I know that also is directly linked to the 1900 layoffs. Um, basically, all of this is compiling in a way where, like, uh, laying 1900 people off and then putting in a president that is known to not be wanted. She even acknowledges in, like, her opening letter that she put, made public that, like, it's an awkward situation. And it's like, why would you put the head of Call of Duty as the president of Blizzard if you know it's going to do nothing but create tension, you know? Yeah, I think this is especially alarming because we've sort of seen the direction that most of Blizzard's multiplayer games are going, um, have been going for the past couple of years. And knowing that this is not something that she is going to change in any particular way. Um, like I think about like modern warfare and it's multiplayer. It's just very transactional Diablo four. 
the microtransactions mm-hmm. in Diablo 4 are actually insane. <laughs> Micro is a generous term for those. Right. And, you know, even Overwatch, which Overwatch 2, I should say, which is maybe not Blizzard's most popular game versus like, wow. But um, even the monetization in that is absurd. And I am someone who is in that community and I feel like there's been a lot of complaints um, just in the direction of of that game in particular. I I don't play any of the other um, Blizzard games. I did play Diablo 4, much to my dismay. But um, but speaking as someone who is in that community and does play that game and has an understanding of, um, you know, the player base's opinions, I just feel like this is not this does not feel good. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And I think that. I don't know, it's just it doesn't signify a good shift, in my opinion. Yeah, I can't. I can't see it going anywhere good. So. Yeah. Um. So the Embracer Group, as we know, a big purchasing group, so to speak. Um. Just, well, it was an, it was announced. It was leaked. I'm not really sure. Uh. But they were working on a Deus Ex game. Uh. Well, Idos was making the game who now belongs to Embracer Group, um, that game has been canceled. Uh, So this means that they're shifting focus away from Deus Ex um, and onto an original franchise, whatever that means. Uh, They also have laid off 97 people due to, I quote, the global economic context the challenges of our industry and the comprehensive restructuring announced by Embracer. So. I mean, this is, we've seen this exact story happen multiple times over the past six months where Embracer silly, foolishly acquires companies that it apparently cannot afford to upkeep. Um, And I feel horrible for people who are laid off. I feel horrible for creative leads who are throwing away two years of work on a new game in an established property. I feel bad for fans of the series. It's just ridiculous. And I think Embracer, I mean, there, there's always some celebration behind acquisitions when it's like Sony or Microsoft or Nintendo even, because it's viewed as like, a, oh, they're joining the family which is stupid. Corporations are not family. Um, But Embracer, at least here at Talking Games, I feel like I've always viewed them as evil. Would you agree? Yeah, they're like a Grim Reaper type figure. If they purchase your studio, there's a pretty big chance that they're going to just slice through your uh, employee base. Which, which, with little regard for anything else. And we didn't even, like, because... When we started the show in May of 2021, we were reporting on Embracer acquisitions like every few weeks. And then all of a sudden, six months ago, the the game flipped for us. And instead of reporting on Embracer acquiring companies, it was them gutting the companies that they already acquired. Yeah. And it's like they never, nothing good ever came out of it, you know? So 
it's just tragic and i really think that i i mean i think embracer's done i can't see them acquiring more video game companies you know i don't know how they could appease their stakeholders in a if they're like shutting down and losing money on all these video game studios, I can't imagine buying more is on the table, but sadly that is a possibility. Um, I think this is probably not the last time that we'll hear about Embracer making cuts at one of their studios. Yeah. I think you're right about that. <clears throat> um, I think we're done with layoffs. Thank God for the, for the week. Ugh, don't say that. <laughs> I just hope that since it's the beginning of the year, um, we're, it's done. Like we've 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 heard it, we've seen it, and that's it for the rest of this I'm, quarter. I hope you're correct. I really, really do. We'll find out because that's just one of those things where we've said that many times <laughs> this yeah. month. Every week we've been saying that, and it's just please slow down you know yeah just keeps happening and it's like i think what's what's also complicated sorry i know you're about to start no 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 no, i'd rather hear what you have to say i think what's like so complicated is that these people have very specific skill sets Mm -hmm. and the industry is just like culling them so it's like how can you be like a ux designer for a video game and you get laid off you can't it's how are you going to apply to another studio these studio, it's like every studio is laying people off. It's like, how, what do you do? What do you do? Mm-hmm. You're out of options. If your if your wealth of experience is designing, you know, art design for like a game or a narrative design for a game, that's a very specific set of skills. And, you know, people who work in video games typically stay in that industry for the most part because mm-hmm. of that specific set of skills. So it's like they're left in such a difficult position. Because it's not like they can go and apply to a different studio because that different studio is also probably laying people off. Like if you were working at Riot and you got laid off when they did all those layoffs, you can't apply to work at like an Xbox studio, right? Because those positions don't exist because they were all laid off. So it's like it's such a tricky position to be in. And I really have a lot of like empathy for those people. And I... I just can't believe how, like, I mean, I can, but, like, the callousness of letting go of 1,900 people is insane. I mean, I understand Mm -hmm. it's a very big company, but it's, like, that's almost 2,000 people. That's enormous. That's a huge deal. It is. It's just sad. makes me upset. I think my hope is that, because this is obviously fueled by greed, by stockholder... uh, appeasing by trying to make stockholders happy my hope is that what is going to happen is this year or this past year i should say was a very very lucrative year for video games and to make it more lucrative a bunch of companies laid people off and the stockholders are going to be like wow look at all this profit great but come six months from now maybe it's maybe a year if i have to be a realist about it uh, or even more they're going to realize that those profits were driven by people. They were driven by all of these developers, by all of these designers who were creating these incredible products. Laying all them off might help your bottom line for a little bit, but then who's going to make the games, you know? And I hope that that means uh, the, all these studios, Embracer, Xbox, whoever 
steps back and realizes, oh, crap, we need these people to make games. And then there's like mass hiring in like within the next year. That's what I hope. And I can't, there's no way to be sure. I'm just guessing at this point, but I just think that that would, that would be my optimistic take. Yeah. Is that there has to be, you know, there has to be something here. Right. But we'll, we won't know until it happens. If it happens, that's my optimism. It's not a guarantee. Yeah. I hope, I hope your optimism is correct. Um, to just to not, I'm trying to pivot, but this is not good news. It's kind of a little bit funny news, um, but I do feel bad for some players. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League launched today. Um, time of recording, it's January 29th. It launched for people who paid extra money for that deluxe edition. Uh, and as soon as it launched, uh, they had to pull it down. It's an, it's an online-only game, as a reminder. They had to pull it. Because people would start up the game, and then uh, they'd be told that they beat the game. <laughs> so they had to be like, oops, and yoink the game down. Um, I, As far as I can tell, it appears that there's very few studios that got codes, or not studios, very few outlets who got codes for the game. And the embargo has obviously not been lifted as of time of recording, meaning no reviews have come out. Um and the first people to play it haven't actually gotten to play it. And these are people that paid extra money to get early access. Yeah. I think this game might be in a little trouble. Yeah, I just feel like this game is cursed. It has been <laughs> delayed so many times. And now this, mm -hmm. it's like... I don't know what's going on at Rocksteady. I don't know what quality control they have. I don't really understand, but uh, not great, folks. Well, maybe those people who played it for less than an hour before it went down had a great time. I hope they did. I hope that the UI wasn't too um, overwhelming with all the little I'm sure doodads it wasn't, yeah. and bimbops and all that. I'm very, very curious to see how this game turns out once it's out. Even though it's out right now, you know, it's not. You can't. If you went and paid for the deluxe edition and downloaded it, you'd be told no when you entered the doors. Yeah. I hope that, uh, you know, I hope that maybe this is one of those games that can just improve over time because mm -hmm. a disastrous launch does not always mean that the game itself is going to be bad. Um, but, you know, will people give it time? Is it a game that can outlast uh, just based on story alone? I don't know. I don't I'm know. Not I'm not going to put money on it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if it's it's there's a difference between like a No Man's Sky kind of game and like a live service game. Yeah, exactly. So, so we'll see how that goes for them. I'm, I feel really bad for the people who paid all that extra money. Well, first of all, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be mean. But if you were really buying the deluxe edition of this game, I think you need to make better financial choices with your life. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad. But also, like, research your games before you pay a bunch. Yeah. Uh, but here's a game that does not have a deluxe version that um, might be in a little bit of trouble. 
uh, Pal World, which we talked about extensively last week, um, has been accused, jacques, uh, by lots of different people of um, directly stealing assets from the Pokemon company. So much so that the Pokemon company actually released a statement uh, basically saying, we have received many inquiries regarding another company's game released in January 2024. (laughs) Very interesting. Wonder who. Yeah. We have not granted any permission for the use of Pokemon intellectual property or assets in that game. I think that's the key word is assets. Yeah. Um, We intend to investigate and take appropriate measures to address any acts that infringe on intellectual property rights related to the Pokemon. We will continue to cherish and nurture each and every Pokemon and its world and work to bring the world together through Pokemon in the future. Sincerely, kindly, warmest regards, the Pokemon Company. Uh Uh-huh. Have you ever been, like, you go to a Panera Bread and you said, yeah, can I get a sandwich? And they said, yeah, absolutely. And then they went back and, and, you know, you're like, clink, clink. Like, that sounds like they're cooking. Mm -hmm. And then they just put a plate down. And it just says, with sincerest regards, we are looking into the acquisition of a sandwich that you requested. Yes. That actually has happened to me, yes. Yeah. I don't <laughs> – this sentence means nothing. Or this statement means nothing. It's them being like, sorry, shareholders, we're looking into it. Yeah. And I guess it, me- it might like – Power World might have been like, huh? But like, I'm going to be honest. I think this is just them saying something because they felt like they were required. Yeah. I mean, how can you like investigate? I just it would. It's I feel like this clear. would become very litigious. <laughs> it's also like it's. What do you investigate? Look at it. Well, I guess you would have to go into the files of the game, look at the assets, and and use like metadata to see where those assets were taken from. I don't think. But like I'd I be... said, that seems very litigious. That doesn't seem like the kind of thing that anybody wants to waste time on. Yeah. So I think that's something that already would have been found out. Like people definitely have dug into the files of Power World. Like people would have figured that out before Pokemon did. Because they just get in there and they mod. Like the fact that people modified the game already yeah. means that that they they would have opened the assets and saw like Piplup underscore stolen. You know, they would have been like, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> Piplup 2. Not actually Piplup underscore. Be sure to erase the part where it says stolen. <laughs> and Piplup. <laughs> underscore Piplup. <laughs> um, I don't think it means much. I think it's an important discussion to have, but legally I don't think anything's going to happen. So, Right. Plus, Pal World's got cash now. And I did see they had a uh, roadmap. Oh, yeah. So there that is didn't definitely- mean much to me. Hey, uh, um, there's definitely some community support going on. So we'll see. I just wonder, let me check Steam. I just want to see how it's doing this week in comparison to last week. Oh, like the Steam charts? Yeah. I mean, they did confirm that they've sold over 8 million copies on Steam alone. Um, That's a lot of copies. That is a lot of copies. Are you already... Uh, I just... it. I don't think it's going to slow anything down you know right it has slowed down a lot though well no it hasn't no it hasn't that's a lie i'm wrong let me see that 24 hour peak is almost as high as the all-time peak still so yeah there it is it's still up there 1.8 because what 2.1 was that accurate last week that's what we reported on last week right Mm, 
I can't remember. I I'll tell you that. I'll tell you the Steam top right now. It's Pal World Enshrouded. Do you have what? you ever heard of that game? Uh, nope. Steam Deck, <laughs> Tekken Eight, Counter Strike Two. Tekken Eight. Yeah, Tekken Eight is number four underneath Steam them. Deck. So kind of number three. Uh, Suicide <laughs> Squad, Kill the Justice League. Well, that's a lot of people looking at a loading screen. Uh, Warframe, Persona Three Reload. Wait, I don't understand that. That game's not out yet. You can buy it and download it right oh, now. Oh, this is sales charts. Yeah, yeah. Top. Sell. I thought you were looking at play numbers. Oh no, no. no. I don't know how to look steamcharts.com. Oh, okay. I was going to say Cuz I just pulled up the Tekken. I wanted to see the Tekken 8 numbers. It's like 46. It's around 40,000, which is good for a fighting game. Grand Theft Auto 5 is still in the top sellers on this list. That's crazy. It always will be until GTA 6 comes out. That's crazy. And Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. That oh, game that's is actually, 2 that's years nice. old. Good for them. Cyberpunk Red Dead 2. Should I talk about some news? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just curious. I know. Now I was just, I was also just looking at Steam charts. I shouldn't be doing that. Uh, Splatoon 3 is getting a DLC. It's called Side Order. We've known about it for a while. But they announced Nintendo came out and said it's coming out February 22nd. Um, this might not seem like a big deal. But the reason I bring it up as somebody who knows, like, who doesn't have anything to say about the DLC itself, I'm not 100% confident anymore that Nintendo is going to have any sort of direct presentation in this first chunk of the year. I do think that early February would have made sense for a direct, and if they are announcing the release date for this, and they had a new Princess Peach trailer last, like, I think last week, um, that they're just dropping, I think maybe they're not going to have a February direct. If they, I'll say this, if Paper Mario gets a trailer on YouTube, it's over. Like, that's, there's no direct. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I think maybe I, I f- said I expected a February direct where they were going to kind of like show all of the closeout Nintendo Switch games and maybe announce something that would be like on both Switch and Switch 2 at the end of the year. But now I'm starting to think that maybe they're just going to be quiet until they have a Switch 2 to show. Yes. We'll see. It's purely speculation at this point. I like your energy. Thanks. We have spoken so much about the Switch 2. Mm-hmm. And we will annoyingly continue to until they <laughs> actually tell it about us. Tell us about it. Tell us about it. Like Billy Joel. Right. Well, we are going to get told other stuff, but by PlayStation. Because they're hosting a state of play this Wednesday or tomorrow for listeners <gasps> at 5 p.m. Is that Pacific? That's our time. Oh, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. I've given up on Pacific. Oh. I'm uh, EST biased. Till I die. Literally, Til- probably. Anyway, um, <laughs> this uh, state of play is going to be covering 15, more than 15 games. Uh, They're going to talk about Stellar Blade, extended looks at Stellar Blade, and Rise of the Ronin, Um, and then some VR2, PS5 VR2 stuff. So that's fun for those of you who don't get motion sickness, like me. And who are very rich and have a PSVR2. Right. So 
We'll see. I don't know. Unless there's something really crazy huge at this, which I doubt, I probably yeah. won't watch because I have no interest. I have a little bit of interest in Rise of the Ronin. That's the one that kind of looks like Assassin's Creed, right? Yeah, made by the team, made by Team Ninja. I have a little bit of interest in that game, but uh, Stellar Blade, you would, I would get if you put a if you told me to walk off the plank, if I knew. If I didn't know what Stellar what? Blade looked like. <laughs> what are you saying? I'm saying that if I were in a life and death situation and my living condition was to know what Stellar Blade looks like or is, I would die. Do you forget what Stellar Blade is? Yeah. It's like that Bayonetta-esque game. With oh, the... with the ponytail? Yeah. And the all sword. the men look like real men and all the women <laughs> look like anime characters? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you don't like that game. That's why I was confused by what you were saying. No. I just needed a reminder. I thought it was called something else for some reason. It was. It was called Project Eve, and then they changed the name. Oh. Anyway. I probably still wouldn't have remembered it, <laughs> even yeah. if it still kept that name. So. I'm excited to see it. I am, ex I am looking forward to Stellar Blade because it looks like it's tapping into a very specific gameplay style that I like. Um, it's kind of like... From what we've seen, it looks like it's melding Souls-like and, like, Bayonetta and Devil May Cry. Um, could be really cool, but we'll know a lot more. Presuming, like, we'll also get a release date, because um, we have nothing, and that game got delayed on, like, January, or on, like, December 29th. They were like, oh, by the way, it's not coming out this year. It's like, oh, really? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, the thing for me about this presentation, I do think there could be a couple cool surprises, and... Right now, we're looking at a pretty big drought of games after March. Um, so this could kind of fill out the summer a little bit. But, we I mean, I'm not going to put money on that. I do think that because it's third party, it could have some cool things tucked in there. Like, it's funny being more excited for a state of play than I was for the showcase that happened not that long ago. Because the showcase is all first party stuff, and I'm like, cool. And then I realized that that just meant live service. But this is third party stuff, so there might be some Square Enix in there. There'll probably be a Final Fantasy trailer in there. Seven, rebirth. And I'll close my eyes during it. Rebirthing. Hmm. We are birthing again. I sort of I feel like they've shown so much of that game at this point. I don't want to see anything else. Yeah, no, I agree. I will not be looking. I will be it also closing my eyes. There also might be... Well, you're not going to be watching, so you just have to not click the link. I will be closing my eyes metaphorically. In, in your heart, yeah. Right. Your heart eyes. <laughs> right. Um, I also feel like that game could get a demo. There's a lot of... Like, Square Enix likes demos. There's a lot of... Yeah, maybe like a shadow drop post-show demo. That would make a lot of sense, but I would still... I would probably not play it because I'm like, the game's out in a couple weeks. It's one month from day of recording today. So, what part do you think they would demo? The golden saucer? No, they would not do that. Probably the beginning. I think Square Square Enix likes to just these days just give demos that they're like, and then the progress carries over. Yeah. That... So I'd probably download it and then just start playing a few days early. Yeah. Like I did that with Final Fantasy 16, where I didn't touch the demo until like a few days before launch, and then I played it so that I was just kind of like starting early, essentially. Oh, Clive. I would like, I would like that, but yeah, I'm. I'm also busy with other games, so it's not like I need it. 
Yeah, it's kind of a big February. It's a big February, and somebody, me, oh. made a mistake. Oh. Uh, last week I was talking about, oh, I don't know if I'm going to buy the new Like a Dragon game. I don't know if I need that. I got so many games coming down the pipe. I don't think I need the new large-scale RPG. Well. I think my silence may be telling of the <laughs> fact that I did not uh, resist. I went to the store. I bought a copy. Sorry. That's okay. Live your uh, truth. It's not, it's not a money thing. It's a time thing exclusively. I was well, so a big personal news. You know, y'all knew I was uh, unemployed. I had been laid off from my previous employer. Uh, hence why I love talking about all these layoff stories on the show. It's it's fun for me. Um, but as of now, right, this moment, I got a new gig. So, and that's starting this week. Big, exciting news. Uh, bad news for my game time. Because now I have... Uh, tasks to do with my days that aren't gaming which means I will be gaming less um, which doesn't sound like the worst thing in the world except for you have to consider the fact that I just bought Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth which is not short and on Friday the release of Persona 3 Reload happens um, which is a big game a large, a very large game it's going to be long and then a couple weeks later, uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth comes out. And then a few weeks later, Rise of the Ronin and Dragon's Dogma 2 and uh, Princess Peach come out. And uh, part of this job is that I had to go uh, snatch up a laptop for myself for the job because I don't have a PC laptop. And I decided to shell out a few more dollars and get one that once I'm done with the gig, I could use as gaming for gaming. So I am now a PC gamer. Low end, but still PC gamer. So Kelly can't be mean to me anymore. I've literally never been mean to you. That's not true. In my life. In your life? Yeah. There's probably recordings of you being mean to me on this show. In this episode. I guess you weren't mean to me this episode. Okay, we're good. All is well. All is well. I did buy one game on my PC so far. I bought Pizza Tower. The indie darling of last year. Did that win? No, it didn't win. It was just nominated for indie game um, at the Game Awards. But I picked that up because it was on sale and I've been wanting to play it. And it doesn't look like it's coming to any consoles anytime soon. I still will be console primary because one, that laptop will be used for a lot of work. So I probably won't want to touch it after work hours. Um, and two, I just prefer console. I think it's simpler and easier and I like sitting on my couch. And I can do that with the laptop, but then I have to plug the laptop in, and it's just kind of a pain. Um, but I'll probably be testing it because I, I put I turned on Fortnite and I turned on Pal World just to make sure it like worked okay, and it both worked. It was hard to get Fortnite running because like the GeForce driver was like, "Uh, you're wrong," and I was like, "What do I do?" And they're like, "Click this," and then I click it, and they'd be like, "Good luck," and I'm like, "With what?" <laughs> They're really like that. They'll be like, um, are you ready to download your new driver's queen? And I'm like, yeah. And then I click on it and they're like, well, they're actually already downloaded and installed. So you But then suck. I run the game and it says wrong drivers. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, but I thought. And they were like, mm, okay, no. That's, that's kind of why I hate PC gaming, even though I'm not 
deep into it yet. It's tough. It's it's, just- it's not as you know turnkey as a uh, as console gaming. You know, you don't just plug and play. You got to do all this fancy stuff, and then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it's like the fancy stuff that you do isn't is out of date, and then you got to do new fancy stuff. Yeah. yeah, I will be if I'm buying a game, I will be buying it on console if that's an option. Yeah, but there's a lot of like, and it's probably going to be more of an indie machine for me, so that's okay with me. You know, there's a lot of indie games that come out just on PC, and I want to be able to play them. I also put uh, uh, Slay the Princess, which I've heard a lot of great things about. I put that on my wish list. <gasps> I have that on my wish list. Oh, it's on sale right now, but only ten percent. So I'm gonna hold out. Yeah. And then I I wish listed like Half Life Two, because I'm like I've never played Half Life Two. More like Half Life Poo. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm just joking. It's a great you game. So, the cackle face, even though you didn't laugh very hard, was really good. It looked devious. I um, love Gordon Freeman. Do you know who I like? Who? Ichiban Kasuga. I forgot that I was talking about Like a Dragon. So Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth dropped this past Friday. It is the sequel to Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is not confusing at all. Um, It is a turn-based RPG, so the series is going back to that for the main line. Um, It takes place in Hawaii. It takes quite a while to get there, so do keep that in mind, because I was kind of like, the first night I got it, I was like, I got to get to Hawaii, and it took me like four hours to get there. Um... But once you're there, you know, it's a, it's really cool if you're a fan of the series being in a new space. Um, it's not overwhelmingly large. I know they talked about how the map is the biggest they've ever made, but they make pretty small, dense maps. So it's not crazy large, and you can fast travel around. And also you have a summonable mount. And by summonable mount, I mean a Segway. You press the down, down on the D-pad, and whoop, you're on a Segway. Whoa. So and then you can press a little button and it just automatically takes you to your whatever you have marked on the map. I saw a very funny video on Twitter. I don't know if you've played this part yet, so I don't want to spoil it. It's like a mini game or something. I've played a mini game on a bike. There's one where you're like, I don't want to spoil it. Just say it, just say it, just say it, just say it. So you're like running down the street, but for whatever reason, the main character with like the hair, what's his name? Yeah. Uh, Ichiban. Ichiban. Kasuga. He's like, but he's running. You know, like how you run in your dreams. Like you feel like you're going really fast, but he's like really slow. Yeah. And then he's like, he has to like dodge. Sorry, he has to like dodge <laughs> the cars in time. And there's like explosions oh, yeah. going on. Have you seen that? I haven't seen that, but I they'd use those segments, like the running segments, and it'll be like press left, and then it's just like, it's just like, why is this? I'm just dodging a person that I could just step to the side of, but let, it's like really dramatic. Let me send you the tweet because I feel like. You'll appreciate it because it was like, this is, what did they say? Japanese people finally get a taste of what it's like to walk to the store in the United States. (laughs) I'm going to send it to you. It is very, very funny um, because it is a very Japanese game, but it kind of has like the perception of what they see America as in some ways. Like there's a lot of cartoonishly overweight characters, which is, you know, obesity is a problem in America, (laughs) but like. They don't, they look like they're walking around with like pizza shields that when they run low on health, they will eat the pizza shield. And they have like a giant club that's made of ice cream. Come on. Or like a big two liter of soda. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. That's very funny. It is hysterical. I don't, 
it's not offensive. It's like, uh, come on, look around America. We're very food oriented. It's pretty funny. Um, but there's also like a lot of Japanese characters that'll be like, okay, it's time to speak English. And they speak English. And I'm like, no, no, are you? No, that's rough. Like you, it's hard to understand. Like they are not speaking tangible English. So you're like, I need the subtitles for this English as well. Um, and there are a lot of English speakers in the game. Uh, Danny Trejo is not amongst them. He's because I'm playing on the Japanese version because I think that's the way to play it. I think that the Japanese voice cast is impeccable. Um, but that does mean that when Danny Trejo came on screen, I'm like, oh, it's Danny Trejo. And then a Japanese voice came out of him. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, I thought he would speak English amongst the Japanese people. But nope, different guy. And then I went and I watched a clip of the dub. And you know what? I'm OK with him being Japanese. <laughs> He will, <laughs> not to trash on Danny Trejo, but he will just be in anything. He, he was Raul in Fallout New Vegas. He was a ghoul companion. Oh, was he good in that? Um, it's hard to he's say. Not, he's it, bad in this. It's really hard to say because Raul is such a good character, and his whole thing is that he, um, was a ghoul. He has been a- around since before the war. He used to live in Mexico. So he's like a pre-war ghoul. So he's really, really old. He's like 200 plus years old. Um, And he's just like really dejected and like jaded and cynical. And But he does a good job. I wouldn't say it's like the best voice performance in the game. I I thought that, and I don't like him as a person, but I thought Zachary Levi was really good as Arcade. But we don't have to talk about Fallout New Vegas. Zachary Levi is, is not in Infinite Wealth. Oh, I thought he voiced Danny Trejo. Yep. He did the Japanese <laughs> voice of Danny Trejo. <laughs> um, but the game is off to a really good start. Um, the gameplay has kind of been polished out in an interesting way. The turn-based combat was a, a little finicky in the original. Uh, it was definitely something they were learning. But now they kind of took a lot of advantage of like spatial awareness. So your character can move around a little bit in like a little circle. Um, and like, for example, you can get behind a character that you're trying to attack and you do more damage that way. Or you get in a way where you try to kick them into another enemy and do damage to both or kick them into your friend so your friend can do another hit. Um, so it's really cool being able to manipulate the field a little bit. Um, Kiryu is one of the main characters. He's the second party member you get. Well, he's the first party member you get behind main character Ichiban. Um, and he has the ability to change fighting styles. So you can on the fly switch to like fast, normal, or heavy hitting, um, which is something that carries over from the real-time combat from the original Yakuza games. Um, I think that's a really cool touch. There's just a lot of little stuff to make it fast and feel a lot smoother now than it was in the original. Well, in like a Yakuza Like a Dragon. Um, and the character writing is just like pinnacle right now. I'm I'm about 10 hours into the game. I played a lot. I'm on the fifth chapter out of 14. Um, so I'm, I'm making, making headway. I don't think I'll finish it before Persona 5 or Persona 3 comes out, but, um, I'm really, really enjoying it. And I think the characters are really well written. Uh, Kiryu and Ichiban haven't really talked much like on screen. Um, they have a, a, a few interactions in the, in like a dragon that came out a few years ago, but it wasn't a ton. This one, it's interesting because you're together in the party. There's a lot more going on. And I do think that the writing can get very, uh, it's sometimes very emotional, sometimes very charming. There was a scene that I was like, the two of them were just being kind of silly, which is funny because like Ichiban's like 
super loud and outgoing, whereas Kiryu's like really stoic. So seeing them be kind of like silly together, it's incredible. Like it is genuinely some of the best I've seen in the series. Um, I hope that it maintains this momentum. I've heard that it just gets better as it goes. Um, the side content is, whew, there's a lot of it. I'm, I've never been a huge side story person in this series. Um, they're always very silly. And that's good, and I like that they're silly in this game. But I always, I'm invested in the the stories, the main stories, and that's usually what I'm there for. Um, I've done a couple side activities. I was a DoorDash driver, but you're on a bike, and you can do like a bunch of flips. And if you do flips, you get more money. I was making like a thousand dollars for a delivery, and I'm like, dang. Whoa. I'm gonna move to Hawaii and become a DoorDasher. <laughs> um, there's just a lot going on here. I think it's really fun to play. The new setting is really cool. I. I've loved every other Yakuza I've played, but it is cool being in such a different setting. Um, it's still, you know, streets and stores and everything feels kind of similar, but like the the general vibe's a lot different. And they really lean into the Hawaii stuff. There's like a lot of tropical instruments added to a lot of the uh, little musical cues. Um, so if you played the last game, Like a Dragon, uh, I highly recommend this one. It is a better version of that. It takes the story new and interesting places. The new characters that I'm that I have in my party, I like a lot. Um, I think I might like them more than the previous game's characters. Um, they're just introduced in more interesting ways, in my opinion. And uh, I look forward to seeing where it goes. I will uh, try to play as much as I can before I start my new job. And then, sadly. I'll be juggling it with Persona 3 Reload, which is not a little game. I wish one of them was short because then I could, you know, easily juggle, but nope. Yeah. My understanding is this game's about 45 hours if you're just mainlining it. I'm usually quicker than those things, estimate, but we'll see. I mean, like I said, I'm 10 hours in. I'm on chapter five, so that's what, two and a half hours per chapter. All right, time to do math. All right, Ugh, Kelly. No, let's... No, I'm oh, 2.5 times 14. That says that would be 35 hours, but I'm sure there will be some longer chapters. Yeah, it might get longer towards the end. Yeah, and I have a few level-up drinks that the game gave me for, for getting it on day one. Rare candies. Um, yeah, essentially. <laughs> they don't... Like, there's a thing called Sujimon in this where you can catch Sujimon and fight Sujimon, and you have to fight the discrete four... <laughs> that's funny <laughs> and all the yeah and i'm like i'm ignoring that part of the game but it's uh, there's a full like there's a bunch of trainers around the city that you can go and fight with your with your sujimon and i'm like this is absurd and it's just packed into this other game and now they have a sujimon go and you go around and fight in raids wow and then you have to catch the pokemon sujimon that you just fought in the raids and the sujimon are people they're not like pal world rip up they're like human beings that you catch <laughs> it's so it makes it extra silly. Yeah. Um, there's a lot, a lot going on here, and I'm really liking it so far. Um, and it's just, it's just a really fun, smooth experience, and I hope that it keeps pace. That was the thing. The last one kind of like had some dips in pace around the middle, and I hope that that's not the case here. I'm getting into the middle now, so if that is the case, I'm in trouble, especially if it's competing with Persona 3 for my attention. But I also was considering getting Tekken 8, but that would have been stupid i shouldn't that'd be absolutely insane well i won't say that you shouldn't i think you should follow your heart my heart says i want to finish some games you can finish these games you can play a little bit at a time 
spend an hour on Monday playing like uh, Infinite Dragon. I mean, Infinite Well. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, it's been a long day. Um, and then Tuesday, you could spend a couple hours playing Persona 3. And then Wednesday, you could get some Tekken 8 time in. You know, the world is your oyster. Yeah, but all of those, two of those games are very long JRPGs. And the other is a fighting game that demands a lot of your attention to get good out of it. Well, so well, you can I'm, finish the JRPGs at the, by the end of the year. Year? Oh, that's terrible, Kelly. I'm just I saying, them if soon. you want to play all these games, there's a way to do it. You just have to manage your time. Here's my here's my thing. It looks like we're about to hit a summer drought of video games, not water. Well, I'm sure some places are having a water drought, but not us. Um, we're looking at a video game drought coming in the next couple months. If that happens, I won't be too upset because of the sheer quantity of games, you know? Yeah. Like, it looks like March 22nd will be, like, the end of video game releases for a while. Um, But I, don't, I, I have to remind you that March 22nd is the release of Princess Peach, De- Dragon's Dogma, and uh, uh, Rise of the Ronin. So, like, it's a busy day. And then we have almost nothing slated for the rest of the year until the end um so march 22nd onward might be catch-up time you know mm-hmm. what about mustard oh, my time goodness. i wish i had mustard i think i'm gonna go eat some mustard for dinner actually um did you play anything this week I forgot to ask you. I thought I was going to do this oh, weird no, wrap-up okay. that was mustard. No, no, you're fine. I haven't played anything new. I've been playing games that I always play, but I will be playing a new game next week. I bet you guys can't guess what it is. It's not even... I don't even feel like doing a bit. You know what I mean? It's like, what's the joke? Oh, it's a game that we know that you're going to play, but she's going to say something else. Were you going to say Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League? No, I was going to say Truck Simulator. Oh. North American Truck Simulator. Oh, oh, well, North American. That's a reasonable thing to say, actually. Yeah, but you know what? I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of the bits. I'm sick of having fun. I'm sick of being silly. I want to be serious. I want to not have fun. I want my headphones to stop rubbing against my desk and making noises in my ears. And I want you guys all to have a really great week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We're so excited to talk to you next week about uh, life and love and um, death. Bye.